Hi, I'm Nate. I'm Noah. And welcome back to another chat episode of Talking Lion. We just released a new song called Lonely in LA with our friend Sophia Grappari. So we figured, as we do, why not talk about how this song came to be? In this episode, we call Sophia and reflect on how this song has evolved since the beginning of quarantine. It was originally written as a post-breakup song, but since the lockdowns in LA, being lonely in LA has taken on a whole new meaning. So we hope you enjoy this episode, and we hope you stream Lonely in LA, which is out now everywhere. And if you like this podcast and want to support it, you can check us out on patreon.com slash Talking Lion. So without further ado, this is Talking Lion. Well, hey. Hello, how's it going? Good, good. You, as I was saying, you're our second person to be on for a second time on Talking Lion. That is sick. I'm honored. <laughs> the, well, you know, la- last week was like, you know, our episode, there was like, quite a lot of time between the last episode and this episode, but the people already got to know you, you know? So now we get to talk about our song, Hell yes. Child That's in the World, song, Lonely baby. in LA. A little song Lonely baby. in LA. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, I don't know, I, th- I think about, the timeline of it, you know, the fact that mm-hmm. like we were at school together or mutual friends, all that stuff and how it led into this collaboration, but also how this song has evolved from a meaning standpoint. Like when we wrote it, we Absolutely. were, I, I was lamenting over a breakup essentially. Right. And now it's like, everybody's lonely in LA. Right. <laughs> oh God, that, that didn't, it didn't age well. <laughs> or if it anything, aged it, very it well. Aged, it aged, it aged, it definitely aged is what happened. You know? Gosh. No, that was, it must've been our first session. The three of us actually, After it was just our first session, the three of us. Yeah. I mean, we, we had done, we had done the camp together. Right. But this was our first session outside the camp. Our first, like, we're going to have it in the calendar, come by. But you were out for... Yeah, I was trying to remember because the the thing I remember about the session was I remember walking into a finished chorus. And I don't remember what it was that I had to do. I don't remember what it was that I had to do beforehand. But I, I remember coming in late. I had texted Nate saying, what time do you want me? And Nate had said, I don't know, come like 12.30. So I show up and you're like, oh, by the way, Noah's out. He's at lunch with his mom. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, that's your mom was in town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. And obviously you were producing that session. So I was like, interesting. And that's what was so fun about this track was that it's, it had been so long since I sat down to write just at a piano or just at a guitar, which is obviously what I used to do almost entirely. <laughs> so you would just like sit at the piano, like, let's, let's just start. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> what was funny, like, I remember, I remember you being kind of so you know, perplexed about it. Um, when Noah was back in Boston, like for like the beginning of my like quote unquote LA songwriting career, right. I just had a piano and then whatever I would do in that session, I would send to Noah. Like I, I was doing producer list sessions right. for, for a, o- almost a year. And even when Noah and I do write with people, usually we start at the piano downstairs Noah grabs a guitar um, or, you know, one of us just isn't playing anything. We start at the piano and then when we're like, oh, the song is good, we go upstairs. I mean, yeah, it's the classic rule. Like if, you know, if your song works just with a piano or just a guitar and it's equally as good, then, you know, you've got something worth keeping. That that was why, like, I wasn't so like, you know, when Noah was like, oh, I'm going to be a little bit late. I was like, yeah, I don't. It doesn't matter. Whatever. Like, well, <laughs> it doesn't matter. We start, we're going to start in the same place. Yeah. But I didn't realize I was like an anomaly, you know? Yeah. I just, I hadn't done it in such a long time like that, that it was just like a readjustment, but it was, it was cool. And it kind of made me focus on 
you know, just that chorus, which is why I think we got that chorus so quickly. Well, and it was also, you know, it's a very lyrically driven song. Yeah. But I, I think all the other sort of, I don't know, magic of that session was that it started as a joke. Mm-hmm. On the one hand, we were talking about breakups, but it was also we were calling back to a conversation. We were we were hanging out in a group a lot. Like we were going out to like bars. Dancing and on everything. Wednesdays. Yeah, we went, we would go dancing on Wednesdays <laughs> and, you know, we'd hang out in this group. But I remember you and I would oftentimes get into the conversations because we hung out with couples. Like <laughs> right. we hung out with like Alex and Eden, like we were right. hanging out with these couples and sort of talking about like how how it looks better to be in L.A. with a couple. Uh-huh. And I, I think I told you, I'm like, I have a theory. I'm like, Sophia, I have, a, I have a theory that L.A. was designed for couples. Absolutely. Like I was like all these shows, even driving. I'm like traffic is better when there's somebody, you know, like next to you. And that's why like, you know, LA is so sinister, so sinisterly a a, a couple town. Like I I, I was like spewing my conspiracy theory and then sort of jokingly was like the 101 just ain't as fun without you sitting shotgun. Mm -hmm. The 101 just ain't as fun without you sitting shotgun. And we're like, that's hilarious. No way we're doing that. And then, and then you're like, bars and echo bars don't feel the same. Oh, that was, it was fun. It kind of just like once, I think it took us a while. Actually, it took me a few days after the session to figure out if I thought it was dumb. Um, I was like, I think I went back, I went to someone's birthday that, that evening or no, the next day I went to someone's birthday and I was telling them, I was like, I think I, I think we wrote a really cool chorus, but it also could be really stupid. Um, it could be dumb. Yeah. So it took me a few days to figure out if, like where it sat with me. Well, I, I vowed to not write an LA song. Like I vowed, like, I'm like, I'm not going to be one of those songwriters yeah. who's like talking about LA, but there was something, I guess I had this conspiracy theory, you know, that I had to get off, off my chest. I feel like a lot of those um, LA, you know, songs can be kind of tacky or kind of, I don't know, that they're just, there's something that just doesn't feel great about, about those kind of songs. But I feel like ours is just like- Well, it's got a beating heart to it. Like, it's not just like- LA for the sake of LA like LA right. is the metaphor and you guys definitely wrote to that metaphor and in, in a way that started as a joke but like yeah. the song didn't end up a joke it's not a joke song no, it's, it's a song that has a real feeling behind it well then the verses also don't necessarily are, are, are sort of agnostic They're yeah LA agnostic. I think that's really important <laughs> um <laughs> LA agnostic. Uh, <laughs> well you know especially like I think my favorite lyric of the verse is I've gone on 50 fucking first dates. Right? <laughs> I've gone on 50 fucking first dates. And I gotta say I'm getting pretty tired of them. Because one, I love that movie. And I love just throwing in like little movie references yeah. into, you know, into songs. But on the other side, you know, it's like... It also yeah, just like kind of, the, that line just basically speaks to how tiring it gets. Like, yeah. like yeah. this whole... You know, LA is a tiring place to be. Exhausting. I, you know, it's it's the p- place where you accidentally spend one hundred and fifty dollars on a first date that you didn't <laughs> like being on. Well, that's. I think. I think that's the other thing is that dating is exhausting and right. being alone in a city that you used to be with someone in is also, also exhausting. exhausting. And that's and that's a universal feeling. Like yeah. whether it's Boston or New York or Rome, like if you've like when you have a ghost haunting your city, like that's something that everyone can kind of relate to. Or, or a city that was only really vibe. Like, I, you know, I, I've been in LA now for almost three years and I like it plenty, but I don't think I, I loved LA quite as much as like seeing it through my ex's eyes when she came to visit. Right. Because she had never, she had never been. And like, so I could be like, 
I know Universal, like in my head, it's like Universal Studios is like tackier. I've been to the Griffith Exerb. I've been to the Griffith Exerb. Wow. <laughs> you got that. I've been to the Griffith Observatory like a dozen times, but there was something about like seeing that through somebody's eyes who had never seen that before. Yeah. That was like, oh, right. Like, obviously this place is just so magical, but like only when it's La La Land. Right. You know, only when it's like you're dancing with someone else, you right. know, and I really liked the song captured that uh and then of course noah comes back and and i'm just like well you guys got a chorus <laughs> that sounds good to me like i was just like cool I, that's like half the work already done yeah was there a lyric that resonated with you i would say a few of them but for me verse two verse two hits pretty hard i heard this song i want to show you it's kind of sad but i think that you'd like it a lot i hate pretending i don't know it's like you have that one person who you send songs to and they send songs to you and it's kind of yeah. you know exactly what kind of songs they'll like and suddenly you know that person's not there anymore and you hear a song and you're like oh can't send this to them anymore like but also I don't necessarily want to listen to this song again because it's you know brings it's kind of sad but yeah. I think that you like it a lot and even the second part of the verse I hate pretending I don't know you. I hate pretending I don't. Yeah, know. Right. I, that's that's my favorite right. lyric. Yeah. That oh, that that hurts. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like I feel like our collective lack of memory of the session comes from a smoothness in the session. Like I feel like we right. it, the song poured out. Yeah. Like, I feel like if we struggled with specific lines, we would have remembered. Actually, we did. We did kind of struggle with verse two. I remember because I got yeah. like a fat migraine. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh right, I do, I do and remember that. I was. I was really struggling. I was like, I've got to go home. But it, like that was rush hour and it would have taken me fucking like an hour to get home. Right. So I was like, okay, I'm just let, like, let's push through. Let's finish this song. Cause who knows when we're both going to have like a free day um, right. to finish it. Hey, I so give everybody headaches in sessions. That's my whole thing. <laughs> you know? It was just like, while we're in the same place and while we're on this vibe, let's just really try and get this verse. And I'm so glad we did. Cause that verse, I love that verse. Well, I, what I like about it too is there's the duplicity to it. Cause it's like, you know, for anybody there's, I got the song I want to show you, but we're also writing songs. And I feel like when you're, when you're seeing somebody half the fun, <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't know if half's the right number, but, but half the fun is just showing, you know, oh, I wrote a song today. I want to know what you right. think. Like, so I, for, for me, it was like, it was, it was the two meanings of like l losing a sort of song sharer, but also like a confident for mm -hmm. like. V1 demos. Right. Know? Yeah. But yeah, I, my other sort of distinctive memory is when we actually like were in the studio, like we, we, we graduated up to the studio mm -hmm. and we, you know, Noah designed this like really cool kind of minimal track. And we were throwing a party that night mm -hmm. for Mothica. Right. Um, Mothica had like a release that we, you know, we were hosting. You let your house We were hosting at our house. Yeah. But I remember we were so into the production and working on Your the production. Your guests were like all downstairs and we were like borrowed away in this whole upstairs. We were like in the studio while like people were in our house so that we didn't know. Yeah. yeah. Like, but yeah, I just remember jumping around the studio. Like when Noah added those like Travis Barker drums oh, at the end. those drums are fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, when he, when, when he added those drums, I remember just literally jumping around the studio. Yeah. And I remember some people from the party actually came up and were like, what are uh -huh. you doing? It's like, we just wrote this song. You want to check it out? They're like, that's really good. And yeah, I, it was a nice I, little I, kind if, of- If anything- It was like nice confirmation for us, at, you know, for a yeah. song that we were pretty sure we loved, but, you know, it was nice to have, in my case, total strangers come upstairs and kind of give us some sort of validation. 
Yeah, you don't usually get that in a session. Nope. I, I've never. I, I very rarely have such a such a good feeling on like the day one. Mm-hmm. Like usually, I'm like every time I write, I'm like, I'm a piece of shit. That sucked. Sorry, I wasted everybody's time. And then, like, I listened to it like eighty times over the course of the week, and by the end of it, I'm just like, I'm my own biggest fan. <laughs> what was interesting <laughs> about that is that obviously this song is pretty different from the stuff that I usually do, but I think we all connected with it on a level that made me want to do something with it. Well, what is interesting is that, like, I I think we were initially thinking about it for pitch, and then we were all just sort of quietly coaxing each other, like, are you sure you want it for pitch? Like, are are you sure you want to pitch it? I mean, I'm totally fine if you want to pitch it, but, like, we don't have to pitch it if you don't want. Like, we were both sort of going back and forth, kind of like, like just sort of testing the waters because we were all like, this is a pitch song. Yeah. I remember I remember even on day one internally being like, if she doesn't want it, I think we should cut it. Like that was my, <laughs> like without even talking to you about it, that was my first, I was just like, I was like quietly hoping you would just be like, I don't care about the song because I'm like, this is a really good song. Like I kind of want to do this. Sorry. I want to put out this song as Sleeping Lion song. No, but at the end of the day, I think we all reached the same conclusion as the, as the three of us that we wanted our names on it. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I think it was... So I did a, I performed it on a We Found New Music live stream. Um, yeah. You know, at this point, we're a couple months into quarantine. I think at that, like before that point, the kind of just was, okay, yeah, I'll put this out eventually. And I think you called me after that live stream because you guys played the same bill. And you were like, you know, that song is, it's good. Let's, let's do it. There were people who were texting me who were just like, yo, that song not knowing we wrote it. There were people who like tuned in the live stream or like like right. friends, even, you know, even Grant, you know, was like, that song's crazy. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> I'm a fan of all of us. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like you know, but yeah, it, def- it definitely I just hit. think it's, and, it's yeah. an interesting song that kind of serves a different purpose to the rest of the music that I put out. Which well, is and I, I really liked your, your live from home too. Like, I feel like, um, and, and I talked about this, like, in the We're Fine episode, but I feel like I love it when a song, a song's production can be influenced sort of in a, in a roundabout way by how it's played live. You right. know, like I, I feel like there were certain, you know, drum decisions or certain like instrumentation decisions and stuff that you did in the live from home thing. Mm-hmm. Some of which we kept in, some of it we took out, but like the, it definitely, it was a different version of the song. And it was cool to hear that, to be like, oh, like, we can go in various directions with this, which proved to be both a, a positive and also a very challenging, very challenging thing over the over the you know because we couldn't see each other. Yeah, I think so. I think any joint release is tricky because when you're doing your own release, you're you have the final say in everything. If you don't like something, you change it, and obviously you have to compromise if you're doing a joint release, and that's tricky I guess even when you can be in the same room but we were doing this you know virtually after how many months five months since the session yeah so that's that was a tricky one but well it was tough because there was also it was there were deadlines because of distribution and Mm -hmm. visas and like all that stuff on the one hand on the other hand we were working on different plans like Mm -hmm. we were trying to get our like our record done and sort of juggle that um and on the other hand like I feel like you and I are always just running around stress, like getting everything like together and everything. So I remember the, one of my favorite sort of back and forth was 
because we're so direct, like over text, like right. you're, you're a Londoner, I'm a New Yorker. Like we talk in a very specific way. You were like, I hope you don't think I'm, I'm being mean. And I'm like, I hope you don't think I'm being mean. And we call <laughs> each other. We're just like, oh no, we're just being direct. And, and I was like, uh, yeah, I was like, I don't like want you guys that. to take anything I'm saying the wrong way. I'm just like, I'm not going to beat around the bush like, and you know, vice versa. But I feel like once we, once we established that we were not, you know, being rude to each other, Right. It, well, I was worried. At first I was worried. I'm like, does she think I'm an asshole? Nah. Like, am I being an asshole? Like, you know. No, but it's definitely tricky to cut, like to come to those, to make those, you know, final decisions about a song from, you know, far away from each other. Well, that was Especially because like in this time you put out Hate You But I Don't and Lie To Me, which I fucking love that song. Thank you. And, you know, your sound was developing in this direction, but we were, you know, obviously still in the process of different plans and developing this sort of and evolving this new sound. So, you know, whereas maybe we were closer together at the start of the song sonically, like we were getting into a more sort of grittier space. We were using more live drums and live instruments. We were using gang vocals a lot more often Mm -hmm. and a lot more prominently, you know, whereas I feel like your style was sort of moving into this cleaner, cleaner space. So it was like trying to like marry these two, which, I think at the end of the day, props to Daniel for like- Dude, Daniel killed it. Not only did he juggle the sonics of like a lot of stuff going on, but also like juggled our, and I don't mean this in like a negative way, but juggled our egos, like juggled these two distinct artists with distinct sounds that needed those sounds to be right. respected. Dude, poor did. guy, he's, so he's in Amsterdam. And <laughs> I think we just kind of like didn't tell him that there was such a strict deadline because at the time we thought we had a lot longer. Um, yeah. And- Suddenly, you know, the demo, uh, not the demo, the final master needs to be in the next morning. He's in Amsterdam out for dinner. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, I'm so sorry, but we need this like tonight. And he's like, I'm literally at dinner. Like I can't. (laughs) And also he wasn't staying. He wasn't going to be at the studio that night. He poor guy drove back to his studio at like two 30 in the morning. I didn't even know that. He drove back to his studio two 30 in the morning to get us that master. Well, even even the cover art, because you were, you know, your your art was sort of more in the pastel range. Ours is obviously very dark, so we had to like right. find sort of the marriage. Isabella took the photo, but we we decided to go to our editing guy because we, we've been with him forever, uh, Arif, and he's in Malaysia. So we were doing the time zone math for him. There was there was then, just a lot going on with this whole <laughs> this whole project. There was yeah. There's there's so much cool stuff happening in the production. Like I'm really happy with how like the gang vocals came out, all the harmonies that you got going through. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, it was re- really important that the snare was loud in the chorus because that's what was dr- so driving, driving about it, the yeah. demo. Like there was, you know, there were all these sort of elements that sort of came and went and there's a little piece of air candy. But I think one of my favorite favorite things that's like so so interesting but also was such a juggle was we actually have two drum kits mm-hmm. one was the sort of splice travis barker, uh, kit. travis barker kit literally panned hard left and then the other one was jacob performing live panned hard right which that was jacob's idea like i was so skeptical of that he was he was so excited he was like a puppy dog he was like noah do this thing where you pan Travis Barker left and pan me right. And I'm like, okay, Jacob. I'm, I'm like, this is going to be ridiculous. Like, I'm like, and I actually, will try it because I remember, you're my friend. I remember absolutely hating that at first because I was like, they sound so different that it's just, yeah. it's so confusing. And it just sounded way too busy and way too like messy, for, like for me at least. 
And then I think that was a mixed thing and Daniel mixed the drums differently and made them match up so much, so much more. Yeah. Well, it was also just like what I loved about it is like I grew up listening to like the Beatles and right. to, like listening to a lot of classic rock. And because of like how things were recorded back then and the limitations of eight track recording or four track recording and all that stuff, you actually had to pan the entire drum kit. Right. Hard right or hard left. But sometimes what they would actually do is they would record the drums twice and pan one drum hard left, one hard right. and drum one drum hard right. But what you would wind up getting is sort of similar to what we have there is, you know, you got Ringo doing two different, mm-hmm. you know, slightly variated drum parts in a stereo field. And so when I, I remember when Jacob suggested and I heard I heard it before Noah because we, you know, we I had the headphones on and right. I gave Noah the headphones. I was like, buddy, I hate to I hate to tell you, but it's. It's cool. <laughs> it's really cool. Well, it's like, have you ever listened to Mr. Brightside wearing headphones? Yeah. Yeah. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> it's crazy. There, yeah. There was just something that made that, that sort of punched that punched it up and made that ending just that much more sort of chaotic and That and ending lonely. is huge. It's so huge. You sound crazy good. Thank you. Your ad libs too are just like awesome. Dude, that that was fun to record all those end vocals. It's fun for us to scream sick of being lonely. Yeah, that was very cathartic. <laughs> I felt really bad because I was like, okay, I'm sending over my vocals and there were what, like 30 stems. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I'd rather that than like two. Okay, that's true. Yeah, no, that like you've heard though. butterflies, like we like the vocal stacks. Right. You know, that's our that's our thing. You know, but, <laughs> but yeah, so that final night, I was stressed. I was like, you know, there's no two ways about it. Like I, I, I had told our manager that we could actually get it in and to tell the distributors and tell everybody that Mm -hmm. we were going to get it in like by the morning. And then I was like, wait, I actually don't know if we're going to get it in by the morning, but we'd already sent in the pitch form with a dummy link. Okay. So if we didn't have it, they would have had something else. The dummy, they would have had the dummy link. They would have just had, we got it. But I remember uh, Noah fell asleep. You had something early in the morning. So you, so it was just, and Daniel wouldn't wake up until midnight. Right. Our time. So you were like, can you stay I, up? And I was like, dude, I've got to get up at like seven o'clock tomorrow. Like, I'm not sure if I'm I like, can stay up. I'm like, Noah, Sophia, do you trust me? And you guys were just like, yeah, man, just like. I tried to stay up, but at 3 a.m. I was, I just passed the right. fuck out. So we were going back and forth. I was like, if here's, if Daniel sends it by tomorrow morning and it's like the final mix and you've okayed it the night before, then I can literally listen to it at seven o'clock in the morning and okay it. And right. And I even I think I gave you my manager's number to be like, if this really like if you want to. Yeah. I'm like, if you if you veto it. And I I texted Josh, too. I'm like, if if there is an issue here, you guys are going to have to figure it out because I'm going to be dead. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Here's the thing is Daniel also had outboard gear for the mastering side of things. Right. So every time he would have to master it, he'd have to do it like he couldn't do it offline. He had to do an online like real time bounce. And then every time I would get a master, I would have to listen in my headphones, on my computer, in my car. Right. And I remember, I thought we had it. It was like four in the morning. I'm like, we have it. It's good. It's done. And then at the, and I caught, but I caught a reverb tail at the end. 
I remember oh. we had all sort of talked about how we wanted it to end like really, really tight, dry. like yeah. really dry, like no, not a single reverb tail after that stutter. So I'm like, Daniel, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know that this is like the seventh version with negligible notes throughout, <laughs> but oh I need God. you to cut that reverb tail. And I, I think it wound up being, uh, I think I wound up going to sleep at uh, at like five in the morning or like I woke up I think every time he every time you were like okay this next one is the one he retransferred me a master I woke up with like six retransfers <laughs> <laughs> and it was like final master and then it was like final master two <laughs> then it was like final well, master it, four because it because like when we were doing the versions I'm like you don't have to send them every version like because there here are things that Sophia told me here are things Noah told me like right let's fix this, let's fix that. But then when I'm like, oh, this is the final version, I'm like, send it to my manager and send it to Sophia just in case, just in case, again, I'm out for the count and that's what the, the one they need to do. Mm-hmm. But then it wound up being like three or four, like, like it's the classic cliche of the final, final, final version. Right. I also, I broke but, all the rules and I okayed the final master from the speakers in my car. No, that's great. I thought, I mean, I, I didn't even listen to it on monitors or, any, or headphones. I was like, no, but here's, but here's the, here's the pro, here's the pro tip for anybody listening to the song. I think it sounds the best out of any listening environment on Apple earbuds. Yeah, it is. It is mastered insanely good for Apple earbuds. Wow. I've like, listened to it in, I've never, in Apple. I've heard, I've heard masters that sound great in, in cars and masters that sound right. great on like our own professional speakers or headphones. But I have never heard something sound so good on $30 <laughs> Apple earbuds. If you, if you want to know, if you got, if listeners, you want to hear it in the best possible way, go cheap. Go yeah. cheap. <laughs> hey, you know, that's, that's, that's how most people are going to be listening to it anyway. So yeah. I, I think that's... Fair. Speaks to Daniel's skills as a, as a Sonics guy. Daniel's yeah. Daniel's a wizard. Yeah, I mean, like, since but, I since I met Daniel, other than like one of my songs, he has mixed and mastered everything. I mean, he's done a great job. You have such you, you have such a great like. He has an awesome he ear when out, it comes to pop as well. Yeah, yeah the way he sure. brings out all of your Sonics is really impressive. Yeah, he's yeah he's a G. Shout out to Daniel. Shout out to Daniel. What do you hope people will take away from this record? Oh, that's interesting. I hope that it kind of makes people see my artist project maybe a little differently. I think the the songs that I've been putting out, I love them, um, but the, you know they're all kind of upbeat, polished pop. Um, I think it's nice to get a little, you know, variation in there. I hope it's one of those songs that people really just take in every lyric. Yeah, because that I think was, as we said, one of our focuses when we wrote it was, what are we really trying to get across here? I think it hit me that when we started the record, it was a, you know, it was a breakup song for me. It was, you know, expressing a kind of loneliness after, you know, after sort of losing this person. Right. But it's evolved, at least in my, my experience with it, to being this kind of love letter to an LA that we don't get to experience sort of anymore in this current, you know, pandemic right. climate. It's a love letter to the things that I really Missed did about like LA. about yeah and and missed I, I missed having that feeling of being lonely being being a, an exclusive feeling as opposed to something that we're all experiencing I mean it went for, it started as you know missing that one person in LA and then it you know evolved into missing every single person you know in LA right I, I miss so dancing like on whole, it's like, right it's like a whole yeah. other level of I mean, when I moved here, I just, I'd heard like a thousand times, oh, LA is such a lonely city. I counted myself very lucky when I moved here because I had an awesome group of, like, I had an awesome circle of 
collaborators, friends, everything. Um, We went out all the time dancing. We went, you know, we had a great time. We were living. Right. And suddenly it was like, fuck, this place is lonely because we literally can't go anywhere. This song is really uh, a letter to Davy Waynes. It's a a letter to Davy Waynes and uh, No Vacancy. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) To to, to dancing drunk as hell uh, and then getting pizza. Oh, No Vacancy. I think the other the other takeaway is I I, I like that this song kind of is a is a mark of our friendship. Like we've written so many songs together in the camp, right? And we've done you know we've we've collaborated. We have this community and this group of friends, but there's nothing necessarily public that's like oh we were all here. We all did this stuff together. Uh-huh. Now now we have you know a, a public collaboration. We have a public friendship. Absolutely. And uh, you know I think I think the world of you. Like I think that we're all going to come Likewise. up in such a really cool way. And I love that this song can exist as well to be like they were there and they were making they were making cool music and uh-huh. you know and, and and that friendship you know created this this project you know i'm happy um, it's i'm happy it's out in the world <laughs> <laughs> what about you know what do you hope people take away from it um honestly this this is a song yeah i mean i hope people connect to the lyrics but i also i really hope people just like blast this in their cars like i hope Absolutely. that people just like i hope people just connect with this as a fun record because i think it's a fun record going down the 101 yeah i think i i hope that people i hope that people latch on to this just as a piece of music because i think it's like we, we put a lot of time in and care into like the sonics of it and mm-hmm. daniel you know obviously bring elevating it to this place like i hope that i hope that people can just like listen to it and just enjoy it as a song i mean my spotify bio literally says making music to blast in your car yeah yeah that's yeah, Which I remember do. actually at Berkeley once we were in a class and you know that intro thing you have to do where you say your name, your major and what your goal is. <laughs> and obviously that's such a difficult question, but I basically was just like, I hope that people absolutely blast my music in their car and I hope that they enjoy it, you know, incredibly. And so, and the teacher was like, that's your goal. And I was like, yeah, if someone, <laughs> if someone actively searches your song to play on full volume in their car, that means that they fuck with it and they love it. Yeah, that's like that's 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 no small thing. Like it's it's a deceptively simple goal because it's like absolutely not all music works like that, and not all music hits that tier for like the average listener. Like right. it's it's a surprisingly difficult thing to make music that that someone who doesn't know you personally and is your friend uh-huh. wants to blast in their car, right? You know, and, yeah. and if you can pull that off, like that means you've made something genuinely good, right? I think for me, my goal is is for people to know this story. Mm-hmm. You know, not just the lonely in LA story, but this broad community and and just to know sort of like what happened here, you know? Yeah. It's a very cool song to have out to kind of, like you said, just mark this time in both of, in like all three of our lives. Um, yeah. yeah. I just think there are like a lot of layers to the song, which we didn't even really know existed. Um, yeah. And maybe it's because we've sat on this song for quite a while now that we've had time to kind of associate it with different We've let it hit different right nerves because different nerves have become sort of exposed Absolutely. in the process, you know, which I love. You know, sometimes you write a lyric and it's like, that's a good lyric and it means something then. And then, you know, six months later, it means something totally different. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even bars in Echo Park don't feel the same. That was like going to a bar alone versus going to a bar with somebody. Now it's like, oh, yeah. Now it's like driving past the bar closed. Yeah. 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 They very much don't feel the same because <laughs> <Nope>. they're gone. <laughs> Oh, Either sad. that or they feel like petri dishes, you know, like when they when they open for that one week, I'm like, what are you doing? Right. Like you're crowded. This is bad. That's insane. Be but one day, one day we will be back there. One day we'll be back there. 
Well, thank you so much, Sophia, for coming back on the show. Thank you for thank making you the song with me. us. And I hope everybody enjoys Lonely in L.A. It's It was really, really fun to write, really, really difficult to finish. Yep. Um, but it's a song that's evolved in quarantine to uh, to mean a, a bunch of different things. So absolutely, we hope wherever you are, you're 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 a little you less it. lonely in LA. You know, and if you're in if you're in traffic on the 101 by yourself, blast the song so we can be there right with you. <laughs> we'll be right there with you. Be right there with you. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, guys. Lonely in LA is out right now, so please go have a listen. Oh, 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 oh. We would like to thank Alan C. for supporting Talking Lion on Patreon and Isotope.